Welcome everyone to the Inspirational Businesswoman Show. Today I'm going to be featuring special guest Ravi Tour, and we're really going to be talking about female empowerment and creating a massive social impact. Hi everyone, I'm Virginia Parsons, the host of the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, and it is my passion to provide you, the viewer, with a gold mine of inspirational tips strategies and advice to help you grow your business from inspirational businesswomen in the know. And today we have such a guest. I really want you to think about this. Have you experienced some form of trauma in your personal life? And are you ready to step into a new vision for yourself? Well, Ravi Tour is really going to be emphasizing the importance of female empowerment and we'll be talking about that in just a moment. But I want to thank you for being here because I know your time is valuable. So whether you're joining us live or during replay, please let us know where you're viewing from and please leave any comments that you have in the comment section. We'll be sure to get back to you with any answers. So today's show is sponsored by hangout-marketing.com where you can receive a complimentary live stream marketing assessment. So if you've been thinking about doing live stream broadcasting yourself and then leveraging it into fabulous videos that you can use to brand grow and market your business, this assessment is for you. It will only take you a couple minutes and you might even qualify for a complimentary shine strategy session with me after you've taken the assessment. So if you'd like to check it out, you can go to hangout-marketing.com or pick up your cell phone and text pound success to 775-800-4179. Now, if you think that this topic I just mentioned would be of interest to anyone else you know, I'm going to be playing the preview trailer and I would like you to go ahead and help spread the word. That would be great. We greatly appreciate getting the word out on this amazing topic on female empowerment. So you go ahead and do that. And we'll be starting the interview in just a moment.
right. I hope you had a moment to go and help spread the word on this amazing and important topic for all of you viewers. And that is, again, female empowerment featuring Ravi Tour. Now, Ravi is a coach, she's a speaker, and she's a fellow podcaster and a whole lot more. And she's really going to be talking to you about her passion on using female empowerment to truly create a massive social impact. So today we'll be discussing the silver lining of experiencing trauma. There is one, and she's going to share that with you. She's also going to be discussing the power of pursuing your own passion. And finally, the global effect of personal empowerment. So doesn't that sound like a powerful show? Ravi, go ahead, unmute yourself. Come on in and say hi to our audience. Hi, Virginia, and hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show today and super pumped to talk about all the topics you just discussed or mentioned. Um, I think it's going to be a super powerful show. So let's get right into it. I am excited for this as well. You know, we had a previous conversation and I'm always excited when I talk to someone who has had the personal experience that they then take and transform it into something that can benefit so many other people. So let's start there, Ravi. How did you come from what you were doing previously into turning this whole experience into a business for yourself? Go ahead. Absolutely. So it's kind of a wild story for everybody who's listening, but it started with uh, born and raised in a entrepreneur family, right? So farming was our background. Um, and then I moved into life with some significant trauma that started quite young. And so I was able to repress most of it and succeed in, in my young age, being an honor roll student on the dive team, you know, really hitting the aces in life. And then as, you know, grade 10 came along, things really started to spill out and my life took a complete turn. And that's where I found myself, you know, experiencing addictions, homelessness, the whole nine yards, but I continued to function pretty highly. And so I pushed myself into um, school, into post-secondary. And because of my background, I decided to go from what I always wanted to be or was told what to be, and that was going into corporate law. And I moved into um, youth work. I wanted to work with the marginalized and be able to help them overcome their traumas and become more enriched in their lives through life skills and so forth. And so as that journey took on a life of its own, I experienced a whole bunch with my personal life and my work life. And when they finally collided, it was kind of those moments, Virginia, that it was meant to be, it had to happen. And so I lost everything, um, yet I gained so much. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. And so as I picked myself up from, in, you know, in when I put myself into recovery, as I picked myself up from addictions um, and homelessness, what I ended up doing was I navigated myself back into the social service sector. And when I was in there, it was really tough financially. There was, it's a real financial burnout, not only an emotional burnout. And so I took a totally different route and that was in corporate finance, completely green in corporate finance, but I took it anyways, because I needed a job I needed money and I needed to pay my rent, right? They, there were needs there. And I self-taught myself throughout the entire experience, learning everything about corporate finance and then building operations for a small financial firm to running operations, managing the business. And 
serendipitously coaching my employer at the time. And when I saw the results of business growth, what I had accomplished, plus my previous skills of the counseling background, the psychology background, including my personal experiences, I knew there was something more. And so once we hit, uh, it was the U.S. elections, actually, that was kind of the pinnacle moment where the U.S. elections happened. I couldn't believe what took place. And that's when I realized I couldn't sit here complaining about the problems. I had to become the solution. And because I've got that activist side in me and I've got the truth seeker in me and I've got the healer in me, and these are all archetypes I'll talk about later, um, I combined everything I had from my journey, skills, experiences, talents, inherent gifts, and became the conscious impact strategist that I am today. Wow. What a story. Okay. Now I think it would be helpful to everyone if you clarified it. I think I heard you say that this, your addiction started in 10th grade. I got yeah, that right. And how long was it? How long was this transformation? Oh God. So it was, it was years, you guys, it was about a decade or so I went into full on recovery at 25, right? So I'm almost a decade clean. Uh -huh. uh, and so the, you know, now I'm aging myself, but let's get real. <laughs> the actual addictions through to recovery was about 12, a good 12 years, 12, 15 years. The reason I want to spend a moment here. <clears throat> is that everyone has their life challenges. And we're, I know we're gonna go into that in our first hot topic. Everyone has them. Sometimes they're a little briefer, you know, maybe a few months, and it still feels so difficult and challenging when you're going through it. Now yeah. we're talking about years of making the transition from the time of addiction into really starting to make a global impact and a social um, engager. And so I want you all to know, if you're struggling with something right now, take a deep breath, look back on where it came from and think about what you can do differently to move yourself in a more positive direction. I'm gonna let Ravi go ahead and continue with this and talk about you know, what were the triggers and what was it that picked you up during that period? Because I know it wasn't just a simple, process, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really respect you for saying that to the audience. You guys listen, transformation takes time. It doesn't happen overnight, right? And so each person's transformation is uniquely different. Mine may have taken, you know, 15 years, yours might take two years, or it could take just a few days. But remember, there are little events that take place that are micro transformations that lead up to the macro event, right? The big transformation. And once that happens, you can then look back retrospectively and, and think, oh, wow, I overcome so much. But in the heat of the moment, it's really hard to be able to focus. And so breathing, Virginia, as you so eloquently put it, was the first place I had to really start, right? I had to get real with myself. And I'm, you know, I'm rough in terms of how I speak. I, I'm very direct. I'm very objective. Um, and I, I noticed that one of the things that was happening was upstairs in my head, the cognitive linguistics that I had going on for myself. If you hear me on my podcast, if you're ever my client, I don't, I don't play with kid gloves. I play with adult gloves and we get real, right? Well, that was 10 times worse upstairs, right? And so 
in the time that I was able to repress, it was a basic functioning maneuver that was taking place, you know, subconsciously. My body was already taking over and wanting to get, you know, push me through the trauma. And great, I'm so glad it happened. Grade 10, the trigger that took place was actually another um, schoolmate who had expressed what had been happening for her in her home. And at the time, she wasn't aware of what it actually was, and it was abuse, right? And I'm, I'm coming from a background of sexual abuse. And as soon as she started to divulge that information uh, with me or share it with me, it opened the floodgates of memories and things I just couldn't... I couldn't even control. Once it starts coming, it starts coming. And so at the time I had zero coping mechanisms, right? All I knew was what I had seen around me and I had seen addiction around me. And so I reached for the first substance that I could get my hands on. And that was, you know, alcohol. And I consumed that at the lockers and so forth. Right. And that was quote unquote, manageable to some degree, not the best, but it was manageable. But as I continued, you know, things started to really come off the rails, right? I wasn't able to function as much. I wasn't maintaining my grades. And I, you know, I was fast tracking myself to post-secondary, super intelligent woman, and it was just all coming off. And so my thoughts kept getting worse. I couldn't understand why this had happened to me why my life was coming unhinged, why this was, you know, the, the luck that I had drawn per se, you know, I, I was also quite spiritual, so I couldn't grasp why God was doing this to me and so forth. And so all these questions then became answers of, oh, you must be terrible or you, and just negative, negative, negative. And so there's a transitionary period that takes place where you have to learn about yourself. And part of that means having to hear what goes on internally, right? What do you hear cognitively? What do you feel? What's a biochemical reaction? What do you feel? What are the emotions that come out? What then becomes your state? What is the external representation of what you're feeling internally, right? What does your life look like? And all of that was just so negative, but I couldn't figure it out. And my schooling, once I got into the youth um, sector of things, couldn't help me whatsoever. I mean, I did papers on psychopathy. I understood coping mechanisms. I was trying to really understand statistics, how to get out of this and how to be above the statistics. Yeah, I couldn't get myself to do that, right? So <clears throat> what, what Ravi is saying or what I am hearing Ravi say is the importance of paying attention to your thought forms because they can be very disempowering. Absolutely. They can keep you stuck in old patterns and old triggers. And you can end up just feeling like you're in that state of desperation. So Revy has, as she said, had um, some tough experiences. And she has learned how, and I'm going to let her you know, take this whole part. Of course, because it's not the experience itself, it's how you respond to the experience. And you may have responded to it negatively in, in a disempowered way in the past, but there's always the opportunity to make a shift and to transform and as she says, turn something that's traumatic in your life into a silver lining. So Ravi, go ahead and let them know about this. Absolutely. And so 
I harp on the negative because it took a long time, right? A very long time for me to be able to stop, right? And check in with myself and hear what's going on and understand how it's representing outwardly. In the moment, because it happens in a moment, the moment you stop and decide, make that choice to think differently, choose a different action, react a little bit differently, or stop and breathe, right? Breathing is one of the best coping mechanisms out there. It really changes everything that's going on within because it is a bunch of neural pathways that are firing off on autopilot, right? We're all conditioned and programmed. And so one of the things was that my mind was just completing processes on autopilot. And so what I had to do was really get quiet and calm. From there, it was a process of being resourceful and you build up resilience from there, right? You start to build up resilience the moment you decide to create change. And the moment you decide to create change by just creating a different way of doing things, that's when you change the structure up in your mind. And so you give your brain a bit of a jolt, right? There's new electrical waves going through and now you've got new synaptic connections firing off. Once you do that, your whole biochemistry changes, right? And you allow yourself to be able to see different options. So it's about perception. For me, I was living in the negative. All I could see was a negative. It was like this constant reminder that my life was negative, yet it wasn't, right? Because had I not gone through the experiences that I did, I would not have the strength and the courage that I do, the resilience that I have, the resourcefulness. I am so resourceful, it's unbelievable. And I wouldn't have the ability to have empathy and compassion, which is so needed in the work that I do right? And so all of that combined starts to even build on different areas like critical thinking, right? And creating better coping mechanisms and so forth. But all of it starts with one action in a moment and it all starts with you. And so the reason, Virginia, and for you who are listening, the reason why I believe that there's a silver lining in every trauma is because you learn so much about yourself. Of course, you have to process much of the trauma and you have to go through a process or a journey to get to the other end, which is not a destination. It's just the next checkpoint to the next thing you're going to be doing. But that journey, as much as it's filled with hurt, pain, sadness, grief, it's also filled with a lot of empowering emotions and experiences, right? You have that opportunity to really change your perspective and see the trauma for something completely different. And can you share with our viewers what that aha moment was? I know it was a whole process. Yeah. It wasn't instantaneous, but was there an aha moment that said, I ain't hanging out here anymore with this thought form. I am tired of living my life from this perspective. Absolutely. And so it took a long time to get there. And I think it's a great question. And one of the aha moments was prior to me getting to that aha moment, I had already, I call it an awakening, right? And so I had already started to awaken to some degree. I was starting to pay attention. You know, it was about the fourth time that I, someone had come to me and said, please, can we help you? Can we make some changes? But Prior to that, people had already been asking to help. And 
by the third time, my eyes were so clearly open, even within the trauma, that I was starting to see signs. I could really see that there was something unique about me. I was seeing that there were odd people placed in my path that shouldn't be there. I was in scenarios where I probably shouldn't have come out of the scenario the way I did, basically in good good condition, right? Good health, still kind of in the pit of things. And when I started to pick up on the signs, and I'm going to talk about this a lot more moving into the next two topics about spirituality, but when I started picking up the signs that I believed at the time, the universe was just laying there for me. And I started to look back at the time or my journey spent in this, in this period, I realized that there were a lot of signs out there. There were a lot of little pebbles left for me to pick up and decide to make that change. And when I realized that somebody has my back, I mean, that's just plain and simple. I, I should have died. I shouldn't be here. The statistics tell me I shouldn't be in this position where I can see things clearly and I might have an opportunity to change. I need to change. I'm meant for something a little bit different here. And that was my aha moment. And I got to tell you, I didn't know what it was. And part of me thought I was delusional. But it's okay. It's okay to think that if you need to get yourself to the next point. And so for me, it was because I saw signs. <laughs> you know, we do have to pay attention to signs. And I have found in my own life, when I don't pay attention to signs, an even bigger, more impactful sign will come along. <laughs> you know, suddenly Here. like, you know, you bang your head against something and say, maybe I need to pay attention here. So Absolutely. yes, pay attention to the signs as subtle as they might be. Pay attention. Don't numb yourself, which is unfortunately what happens with addiction. You really are numbing yourself and you're, there's no way you can pay attention to signs effectively that way. Yeah. Well, let's move on into the impact. So the power of pursuing your own passion. And I think everyone's going to resonate with this because, you know, as business women and entrepreneurs, we are all pursuing our passion and the world needs us to do that because we will make a bigger difference. So go ahead, Ravi, and let's talk about that. Well, this one, I, uh, I have to credit Abraham Maslow for this one, right? And so he, um, he created a pyramid. It's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And at the very top, there's two sections, right? Self-transcendence is a spiritual one. It's the, the peak of the pyramid. But uh, self-actualization is actually the one that he believed we all as humans were striving for. And for me, self-actualization is truly pursuing your passions, right? And so self-actualization mean, means that you're not even focused on the needs anymore, right? The basic needs, food, shelter, emotional needs, psychological needs. You are now, you know, really firing on all pinnacles about who you are on your greatest passions and reaching your greatest potential. It's not a buzzword. It's actually a thing. And so the more I understood that when I started a newer journey in my life post, uh, post addictions, what I realized was I had a lot going on for me. I had a, a psych background. I really was into humanity. I'm a big um, environmentalist. I you know, there are different pieces to me. I'm not just this box that we all like to, 
you know, be fit into or we're told to fit into. And so when I started to go back, I know that again, a sign, talk about a sign, but Maslow's hierarchy of needs just never left me. It was something that stuck with me all the time. And so I began to study it a little bit more in depth and understanding um, where we are today and what's going on in the world. And my belief, my true belief is that self-actualization is the key to transforming the world because when you're self-actualizing, pursuing your passions, you are the most happiest. And when you pursue your passions, combining the skills that you've picked up along your path and the talents you have naturally, you can really create a massive impact in your life which then has a ripple impact in the lives of others and in within your community, right? But it all begins with finding out what it is you're most passionate about. And that's, that's basically what I did. I pursued what I was most passionate about, healing people. That's my thing. That's my jam, right? It's really important to me. But I'm also, I'm, I've got a background in business. I've got a background in, in strategy. I've, I've got a diverse background. And so how do I take all of that and put it into helping people. Well, that's really easy. I mean, it, I make it sound a little easier than it was. There was a process for sure. But once I combined all of it, and I took the time to pursue looking at it, all the pieces objectively versus, again, badgering myself internally. Are you sure you can do this? Well, I don't know. You don't have that degree or that background. I realized if I gave myself the benefit of the doubt and played within this objectively and decided to dissect it, to see what would come out of it, something was. And what came out, out of it was way bigger than what I had initially thought. Powerful, right? way bigger than what you'd initially thought. So what you're saying, according to Maslow's Law of Hierarchy, is that self-actualization really is the point, as you say, of no longer worrying about you know a roof over your head and food. You are at a place where you can focus intently on what really fulfills you, on what brings you the greatest happiness. And as you discover, or maybe it's maybe it's always been there, but really finally tap into it in a bigger way. Yeah. That you now know that the passion you have can make a significant impact in the world. But it starts with giving yourself permission, as you say, to explore it Absolutely. and uh, pursue it no matter what the self-doubt talking head over there wants to do to diminish you and push you down. When you are self-actualizing, as I see it, is you are in a place of passion, happiness, and fulfillment. And you really are in a position where you almost must move forward with it. Absolutely. In spite of what the challenges might be, you must step out there in a way that might feel uncomfortable, where you might have some self-doubt. But because it is part of your path to self-actualization, you just got to do it no matter what. Is that you right? Know, you hit the nail on the head because I, I got to tell you, Abraham Maslow's quote is, what human beings can be, they must be, right? Like there is no other way around it. And I think today in, a, in, in today's day and age, we have it really backwards. We, we clock in, we clock out. We, we pursue business that we think that it's going to bring us the greatest uh, wealth abundance, right? But the reality is, is when you pursue what you are naturally passionate about, you open up the, I mean, there's a lot that I could go into, but we're talking like the quantum mechanics or quantum field of possibilities, right? And then you start to 
as a byproduct, people call it manifestation. I call it electromagneticism, right? As a byproduct, you start to attract exactly that. So when you think of great, great, um, but you know, great beings of our past, like Maslow or Socrates or Einstein or those of the, those nature, or even today the Elon Musk's or the Bill Gates or so forth, these guys all pursued what they were absolutely passionate about. And for them, it became an obsession. And I know entrepreneurs know this. Once you really love something, when you want to do something really badly, you become obsessive about it. And your doors, they start to open wildly, right? It's the exact same thing. It's the same process. Yeah. And this truly is from a female perspective. I think the whole point, uh, the whole definition away of female empowerment, yeah. it's totally connected to your passion, to your desire to fulfill and be happy. And um, with women in particular is to make a bigger impact. Yes. To, to nurture, as you said, heal, uplift, inspire, and support others. Yeah. It, it's just in our DNA, I truly believe. So let's take it to the next step then, and that is, how do we take that self-empowerment, that self-actualization, and really make a global impact in the world? Absolutely. So this one I'm going to talk specific to the to the ladies about, because it is about female empowerment. And I think it's really important if out of anything we've talked about today, you understand this part, it starts with you. There's no other way around it, right? You can never make the impact you, I mean, you don't even know the impact you can create, but just even if you're thinking about an impact, like you might have a desire, you might have a passion, you might simply wanna pursue something that's just a little bit different. That can never be realized until you decide, you make that definitive decision internally that you are gonna make this happen. And it starts with releasing the conditioning that you are so used to, right? As women, we've been told, for example, when I went into corporate finance, I was an executive assistant, yet I was building and running operations. I never got the CEO title, the chief operating officer title. However, I was, really good as an executive assistant. Often we're, we're put into administrative roles or, or roles that are lighter positions, right? Let's just say, or in business, we might not always be looked at the same way as a male counterpart or so forth. But generally speaking, each of us is equal. And quite frankly, Virginia, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I think women are a lot stronger <laughs> and capable <laughs> than men. I'm just going to put it out there. We have a lot to offer. We're robust, we're unique, we're diverse. We have these gifts of being, you know, natural caretakers, yet strategists. I mean, think about all the things we juggle. And so the point is, in order to move forward in your impact, you have to release the demons of your past and you have to become grounded and present because the moment you do that and you stop the negative chatter upstairs, you create a shift on a physiological and biochemical level, obviously a neurological level as well. And then you create an environmental shift, right? And so what that looks like is, for example, as soon as I created a change within me and wanted to pursue my treatment, my recovery, my health, and then my well-being through chasing dreams and self-actualizing, that's when I started to impact 
those around me. My family started to change. My husband at the time wasn't my husband, but my partner at the time, he started to change and now we're married, right? I started to get speaking opportunities that were opening up other doors for me. I was a beacon of hope and light, right? And so that's a massive impact on a micro level. Now let's think of that on a macro level. Remember, we started with you, then you allowed that to spread to people around you. And now those people are impacted and cannot help but have the same type of reactions, right? So now you're eliciting a change from that community or the observer of your impact. And they're going to go and impact those in their community and so forth and so forth. And I call it the ripple impact, not the effect, but the ripple impact because it has that ability. It's, it's almost like a burst when you create transformation through self-healing, through personal growth and personal development and pursue what's most important to you, you burst joy, abundance, homeostasis, balance, all these things to your observers. And then it happens to them, to their observers and so forth. It's really powerful when you think of it that way. And then when you step back and look at the macro picture, if we have multiple communities doing that through one person, you, you started it all, the chain reaction, Think about that on a global scale. At some point, these communities are going to bump into each other and combust even more and have more powerful, positive experiences. It seems a little far-fetched until you stop and try it in the moment. Smile at someone today and see what happens. Just take a look. Yeah, that, I think that in itself is such a powerful way of looking at things. Because we tend to get absorbed in, you know, our daily lives as entrepreneurs and what we need to do next to make progress. And we forget that it, it does start with the little things, that the impact that you make on people can be as small as an encouraging word, a smile, um, the tone of your voice. And, and energetically, we are all affected by others. The beauty to me of doing the show that I do, and I'm sure of doing your own show, is that we have a platform to positively impact other people. That creates a wonderful ripple effect. But everything that we do, everything that we say, and even our thoughts are projected out there on an energetic level and do influence other people. People feel and sense your energy. If you're down, you might well bring someone else down. Now, I'm not saying that we should all walk around and be Pollyannas. That's not the point. <laughs> but to be aware that what you do, what you say, how you feel and project yourself does influence others. And so you're, you're talking about the micro, you're talking about the global. If we could all be more positive, that would make the world a much happier place, wouldn't it, Ravi? Absolutely. And it's, listen, it's not easy. You've got to do the work, but that's where the gold, right? Remember we started at the beginning with the silver lining, right? Your trauma is your silver lining. So whether it's, whether it, it you know, every trauma has the same impact. It impacts you. So it doesn't matter what the trauma is. The reality is, is if you suffered something, then Within there, there's a host of growth to be had, right? It's challenging you in one way or another. And so when you do the work, you change your perspective. When you change your perspective, you change your ways. And when you change your ways, you change your output. And when you change your output, 
you change the environment, right? And that's what we're really talking about. I mean, at the end of the day, we're bombarded by stimuli day in and day out. You also are a contributor to that stimuli. And so how do you want to represent yourself? How do you want to represent your community? And don't think that it's always positive patsy. You're going to have negative emotions. There are times where it'll take me three days to dissect this, this copy that I'm going to write for a sales page or whatever the whatever it is right and the reality is is that's part of the process and so being patient compassionate and kind with yourself having empathy for others right these are big pieces that seem so minuscule but at the end of the day they make the greatest impact on you internally and then on your life externally creating a holistic impact yeah, you know, um, Esther Hicks, Abraham, I don't know if you follow uh, that work at all, but one of the things that is emphasized there is your mood. Mm. And really um, paying attention to your mood, especially when you wake up in the morning, because you set the tone for the day. Absolutely. And when you control setting the tone, you are now in a position to continue because what goes in motion stays in motion, right? You're in a position to continue that mood. Therefore, you're going to be reflecting that out to other people in a way that's going to have that positive global impact. So that's one of the best tips I've ever learned. Pay attention to your mood when you first wake up. Find something to be to have gravity for, or gratitude, excuse, for, and um, let that propel your day. And I think you'll find that by, you know, sort of stay away from the news, which is mostly all negative. <laughs> find your place of peace, find your place of inspiration, happiness. Uh, go out there and really embrace your passion. All of these will be ways that you can definitely positively impact your microcosm and the macrocosm of the world. So uh, this has been a great conversation, Ravi. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance to do one last thought, but let's let's give them the opportunity to find out more about how they might be able to work with you by offering your free gift. So I'm going to bring it up here on the screen and, um, you, and then you can tell them a little bit about it. But if you want to pick up Ravi's gift today, all you need to do is go to hmtips.com forward slash Ravi gift, and I will be putting it in the comments as well. Go ahead, Ravi, tell them what this is all about. Yeah, you guys. So what this is, is it's a 30 minute uh, clarity session, right? And so it's a taster to give you an opportunity to create a shift in your life today. You book the call, you come on with me, and I'm going to break down what's happening on a micro level for you and give you mechanisms to insert in your life at the current moment to help you propel. So that waking up in the morning is a big, big component to creating impact in your life and how you wake up in the morning is a big part of it. And so that's the very first place I start foundational, right? And then we grow from there, but it's 30 minutes to have a deep conversation with me where I can break down what's happening for you and give you some mechanisms some tools to be able to pursue better outcomes through personal development, give you some strategies to apply in your life today. 
Well, that is a marvelous gift. And I think you can already tell that, you know, we've just spent, what, about 40 minutes here talking about this and energy and um, neural response patterns and shifts. And um, if this is just a prelude, I can't even imagine what the 30 minutes with Ravi is going to be like. I want to thank you so much for being here with us today, Ravi. I think it's been an, an most inspired conversation. And I know there's lots more coming from you. And so you'll be able to follow Ravi as well. Um, look for information on that because she has a website, as I showed you here. It, her website is ravitour.co, right? Not .com, but .co. Correct. Okay. Well, as we exit today, again, I want to thank you so much, Ravi. Do you have any last thoughts wrap it up and package it thoughts you'd like them to take home with them today. Absolutely. First, I want to thank you, uh, Virginia, for having me on the show. And thank you guys for being here, for supporting the show and listening to this episode. It's really important for podcasters to be able to get the information out. And this is our impact, right? This is our way of reaching you guys. My final thought for the day is you are not the sum of your experiences. Your experiences are a part of your journey that propel you to a greater, greater destiny than you can ever imagine. And so today I want to encourage you to try something a little bit different. Shift something that you're used to and create a change in your life by something so small. If you want to snap at someone, don't snap today. Smile a little bit more breathe a little bit more, step out in the grass a little bit more, create that change on a micro level and watch it impact you on a macro level if you do it over and over and over again, because you, you are so worth it. Beautiful. Thank you again, Ravi. That wraps it up, everyone. We'll look forward to seeing you on the next Inspirational Businesswoman show. Until then, go out and make a difference in the world. Bye-bye now. Thanks so much for watching today. Do you know someone who would be a great guest for our show? Or would you like to be a guest on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show? Let's shine the spotlight on your expertise. We'll share your story while offering tips, strategies, and advice to our viewers. Expert interviews are a great way to build your reputation as the go-to expert. Go to shinetips.com forward slash IBWS to apply today. Women are waiting for your message and I can't wait to interview you.